Welcome to GradCast, the official podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at the University of Western Ontario. Coming to you from the other London, let's start the show. Hello there, everybody. Welcome to GradCast, the official podcast and radio show of the Society of Graduate Students here at Western University here on 94.5 CHRW. We are today. We are we are here today with a guest uh, coming from the FIMS department, a uh, regular on uh, this series. Thanks, Yemen. Dan Perdick. Wait, who's the, who, who's the regular? The, I, the FIMS department is a regular. Uh, oh, the, the, the department is a regular. Of course, I'm also here today with Yemen Chen. Our um, when we're going to be talking to Dan Perdick today, who's going to be talking about red pillars. So, Dan, let's start start us off. Uh, I mean, what what would you like to know about the red pill? It's a it's a fascinating phenomenon, fascinating and, and at, at times quite terrifying phenomenon. Well, I mean, to start with, the the, the red pill is a reference to um, you know probably the uh, the single most talked about film of all time in films, uh, The Matrix. Oh, is that I, right? I thought you were talking about Ghost in the Shell. Uh, no, uh, yeah, that's probably uh, the red pill. Yeah. So yeah, it is. Uh, when we're talking about the red pill, it is not, in fact, the red pill from the Matrix. Although, of course, it is based on uh, the red pill from the Matrix. So, so this is a movement. It's a uh, it's a subset of the anti-feminist men's rights movement. And it's this kind of amalgamation of men's rights, pickup artistry, and uh, I, I don't know, amateur evolutionary psychology. Uh, and, and of course, the name is taken from the red pill and the Matrix. So, so you can see right off the bat that it's. The red pill is trying to portray itself as synonymous with, say, the truth or reality, and this is kind of an interesting, I think, uh, rhetorical tactic on their part. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, so let's start at fifty thousand feet. You, there was a lot to unpack there. So, um, for those who don't spend lots and lots of time on the internet, let's let's start with like what is like kind of the the state of um, would be colloquially called the manosphere. Well, the manosphere. Um, I mean, really, it's just a collection of blogs, forums, and uh, I, mean, I mean, for the most part, it is an online movement, the men's rights movement, the contemporary men's rights movement. It's a collection of blogs, forums, and, and uh, internet posts, largely based around a fear of feminism, a, a strong dislike of feminism, uh, pick-up artistry, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's quite a worrying phenomenon, I think. Okay, so, I mean... We've been talking about men's rights uh, movements, men's rights activists. What what sort of rights are we talking about here? I mean, uh, as a man, uh, I I was not quite um, aware that I was perhaps uh, missing any rights. Yeah, I feel like I got our rights covered here. Yeah, I, I would probably generally agree with that. Um, I mean, a lot of a lot of what they're worried about. And I mean, this isn't necessarily an aspect of, of the red pill for the most part, but a lot of what men's rights folks are worried about, I think, revolves around, say, custody of children. And they have a lot of misconceptions about, about the way custody of children works, uh, as well as the, a lot of them are concerned about harsher sentencing for men, which is a, a legitimate problem, I would I would say. Um, but often their solution to this problem is harsher sentencing for women rather than less harsh sentencing for men. Uh, it, it's kind of a, a mentality of bring everyone down rather than bring some people up okay fascinating and the other aspect that you know we've been touching upon was um you said anti-feminists and pickup artists sort of groups 
Mm-hmm. Could you expand on that? I mean, what's a pickup artist? Is it like a sandwich artist? A sandwich artist? Yeah, no. Um, very, very similar. Not, not quite the. Uh, it's not quite as professional. Although some people have tried to make a living off of it. Um, I mean, pickup artistry is basically this idea. It revolves around this this idea of mastering what they call game, which is a set of practices or affectations. Uh, it's thought to improve one's SMV, uh, which is, of course, short for sexual market value, uh, or in, in normal speak, things that are thought to make people attractive. Um, and generally what pickup artistry revolves around is this uh, desire to embody certain masculine archetypes, and usually these, these are what we might consider traditional uh, male archetypes. So the, these, the alpha is what, they're, what red pill folks are, are kind of, um, they seek to embody. And the alpha is something that is seen as stoic, uh, rational, self-reliant, competitive, aggressive, and, and so on. It, it, it really does embody all these, these traits that are seen as traditionally masculine. So as you were saying, the, so the men's rights activists in general is like their issue, their, the, the rights they're going for are typically like um, the ways that men are victims of the patriarchy. And then their response in order to fix it is more patriarchy? Yeah, there there is a sort of interesting contradiction where uh, a lot of a lot of men's rights will sort of outline these traditional men's roles as harmful. So a lot of a lot of men's rights folks think that, and and the red pill included in this, they believe that uh, traditional men's roles are harmful for men. So they they don't think that men should be forced to say pay on dates or something. Like that. This is a big issue for them. Um, they also don't think that men should be conscri- uh, conscripted into military service, which is uh, understandable, I suppose. Um, and they and they they see these traditional men's roles as quite harmful. While at the same time, they they I think you're right to say that they suggest a doubling down on these roles is somehow a solution to what they see as a precarious position that men are in today. So there's a weird contradiction going on, where at once they think that men are disenfranchised by the roles that they're the, that men are expected to. Uh, fulfill while also believing while also at the same time valorizing these roles in our our brief chat a little bit earlier i thought we talked about how like uh there's like this weird brand of bigotry or the way that bigotry works is like you have to believe that the other is both inferior to you and a threat and that you're being oppressed by them and you're also superior to them oh yeah and and so one of the biggest threats for for the red pill is i mean generally they're quite threatened by any advances made economically, socially, and politically by women. Um, these, this is, these kind of advances are seen as a zero-sum game, where if, if one gender advances, the other gender is innately set back. Um, and, and speaking to that, that the idea that um, the, the enemy, in this case women or feminists or what have you, for the, for the, the red pill... Um, the idea that the enemy is at once all powerful, but at the same time uh, very disempowered and very easily defeated. I mean, I have a few funny and direct quotes. So let me see if I can find them very quickly oh. from the Red Pill on this. Go for it. Oh, please. So the Red Pill. This is you were mentioning earlier. These are a bunch of internet forums, board message boards, things like that. Yeah, it's mainly internet forums, boards. The the central hub of which is a sub forum or sub Reddit on uh, the the social. Uh, user or the social networking site uh, reddit.com but uh, yes okay so here's here's this funny um, here's this funny quote so 
uh, there's this weird quirk in red pill worldview that um, at once women are seen or men are seen as innately uh, more powerful than women, innately uh, uh, superior to women in almost everything in intelligence, in terms of reasoning and things like that. Uh, so the, there's this innate biological essence that these people believe makes uh, men superior to women. But at the same time, they also believe that men are categorically oppressed by women. So this is a very hard... These are two beliefs that are very hard to uh, reconcile with one another. And it and this tension results in these kind of funny idiosyncratic writings where, for, for instance, a single text will maintain that uh, women and feminists are kind of insurmount- insurmountably powerful, capable of subjugating men and reconstructing all the uh, significant societal institutions, um, but not quite as powerful as inanimate kitchen appliances. Uh, so this is a direct quote here, uh, and this is from a, a, a text called, this is from a seminal text is what I call them, and this text is called, I believe, the myth, or, sorry, the, uh, the misandry bubble is what it's called. And the author goes, uh, he says, despite feminists claiming that women's economic liberation is the fruit of their hard work, inventions like the vacuum cleaner, the washing machine, and the oven were the primary drivers behind liberating women. Um, so you can see here that like feminists have somehow totally subjugated, in, in their worldview, feminists have totally subjugated men, but feminists aren't quite as powerful as like an oven. I see. It's it's a bizarre contradiction, there's, and, there's, and there's plenty of these. Like, <clears throat> and, and there's something interesting going on where... Um, Although they desire to occupy this role as the alpha male, and although they valorize this role, they are willing to say that men are not uh, innately better than women in, in, in certain instances, as long as it's useful for the for the um, for continued male or, or, or to, to to back up continued male dominance. So, for instance, there's this, there's one seminal text underplays uh, or altogether disregards men's roles in uh, building infrastructure. Um, as long as it provides an avenue to criticize feminism, which is which is deemed responsible for crumbling infrastructure, uh, and then but in later paragraphs, uh, this same uh, author will say that uh, an infrastructure built and maintained by men uh, is evidence of women's and feminists' helplessness. All right, these people need to get their hands on some, like, you know, David Harvey. Talk about neoliberalism. Yes, a little thank bit. you. Yes, no, David Harvey is. Uh, I mean, I, I wish they could because I think. I think you're right to bring up David Harvey, and I think David Harvey would probably uh, agree that these men do have legitimate grievances, but they're taking out these grievances on uh, people that have very similar grievances. Okay, so, I mean, these are men, mostly, or entirely? They're, they're, well, yeah, they're entirely men. Uh, although they're actually, no, they're, there's a, an interesting subreddit called Red Pill Women, which oh. are women who will go on... And, I mean, it's hard to verify if they're women, you know, on... What's the what's the adage oh, like on, uh, the internet, on the internet? No one knows what? your no. Oh, uh, men, men, men are men. Women are women. No, no. Men are men. Women are men, and kids are FBI. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's exactly it. Right. Um, but no, I mean, <laughs> so, I, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Our, uh, our 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 brave producer is losing it a little bit here over that one. <laughs> Would you prefer on the internet? No one knows that you're a dog. That was what I was initially going okay. for. I think the uh, other one's perhaps also valid. Uh, although I do believe that uh, real there furry are, creatures from Alpha Centauri. I do believe there are women on the internet. <laughs> Yemen. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've, I've been to some dark places. <clears throat> Wait, so where were we? Oh, right. <laughs> 
So then, because uh, they have like legitimate grievances, oh, the legitimate neoliberalism. Grievances. Yes, yes, yes. They're yes, scared yes. because they don't have factory jobs. Yeah. And Anita Sarkeesian's taking away their video games. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, exactly. It's, um, it's it's just a whole mess, right? Well, yeah, I I think I think what is true is, uh, or I think what's important to realize is that there are a lot of grievances that these men have, and that we share, and that those of us on the left will acknowledge. Um, so, for instance, I think you're right to say that wages, for instance, have been stagnating for, what, 30 or 40 years, depending on where you are. There's been a decline in uh, industrial manufacturing. And, and this industrial manufacturing was a kind of preeminent foundation of uh, middle-class American masculinity for a very long time. Uh, there's also been increasing bureaucratization, uh, ongoing shift in power from uh, labor to managerial types, uh, disciplining and erosion of, of labor movements. And this has all had a, had a terrible effect on the development of identity generally, but also the development specifically on male identity, which had previously been so firmly based in this kind of breadwinner status. So then um, where, what happens then when they, instead of like, you know, when they realize economic inequality and all this stuff is really bad and it's really terrible. And instead of going into the warm embrace of socialism, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they turn to Rouge V. Well, here's the thing. I don't think they recognize that most of their problems come from say, these these economic uh, uh, phenomena. I think a lot of them... For instance, it's, it's far easier to read an hour of um, amateur evolutionary psychology and then come to the conclusion that you're better than half the world's population. Because, I mean, much of this amateur evolutionary psychology is about how men are innately better than women. It's much easier to do that than it is to, say, organize a mass labor movement or even to read up on the history of... Uh, uh, of the disciplining of uh, the labor uh, of labor, slightly over half those uh, those stronger men actually have a higher infant mortality rate. Pardon me. Uh, it's a it's like a fifty one fit forty nine. Oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, those there. stronger yeah. men have a higher infant mortality rate. Is that true? Yep. So you've been talking about these this uh, amateur evolutionary theory stuff. Could you um, you know describe what is what are some of these theories that they're talking about that they are sort of oh, subscribing Lord. to well here i'll see if i can find some more quotes um most of them are they just revolve around how <clears throat> excuse me a, a lot of them are just based around these kind of traditional conceptions of masculinity and femininity and uh depicting men as innately superior to women and a lot of them for instance will talk about how men are innately superior uh you mean uh, sort of like physically, thinkers. biologically, like stronger, even smarter, well, more than that, yeah, more yeah, yeah. handsome. Yes, exactly. That, that sort of thing. It's based fundamentally around these sorts okay, of Okay, because we can grow mustaches. I mean, most of us can grow mustaches and, and women can't. <laughs> I'm, I'm I not grow sure a better that... mustache than you, Yemen. <laughs> That's why I qualified it. I'm very sorry, Susan. This is my Movember contribution. Really? <laughs> no, that was a joke. I That's shaved quite the contribution. Um, so do you have any more quotes, keeping in mind that CRTC regulations do not let us swear? Uh, I can certainly find some. I mean, I mean, one useful quote, I think, is how they describe themselves. All right, that sounds great. Uh, and so in their, their tagline, and this is the kind of general description outlined in the, uh, in the subreddit's uh, sidebar, they describe the forum as a space dedicated to the discussion of sexual strategy in a culture increasingly lacking a positive identity for men. And I think there are kind of three things that we can take from this. I mean, first, we, we've talked about this a bit, is the, uh, the sexual strategy bit. So you see that this is a place that is dedicated around teaching men how to access women's bodies, for the most part. Um, the second thing I think we should uh, realize is that this is based around a collective discursive construction of a 
kind of powerful male identity. Uh, and, and this brings us back to this kind of alpha archetype. And this is, this is a really common topic of discussion for the red pill is defining what exactly the alpha male is and how best these otherwise uh, beta males can embody this archetype. How can they be stoic, rational, self-reliant, competitive, and so on? Um, and again, this is usually based on a kind of biological essence. Um, but, but apart from happening on a kind of collective level, this also happens on an individual level. So uh, these, these users will submit what they call field reports, and these field reports are these kind of posts that will uh, they'll outline like a date that they went on or some interaction that they had at a supermarket with like a, a lady cashier. And uh, they'll submit it and, and either gloat about how alpha they were or ask for, like, tips on how better to embody the alpha archetype. And other users will kind of chime in and say, oh, well, you, you should have negged her a bit more. Or you should have, um, why didn't you display value uh, 10 seconds in instead of 15 seconds in? That was a valuable window opportunity. It's, it's, they really think that they've got this down to a, a science. And how much of this is uh, gaslighting and psychological manipulation oh most of it um <laughs> well well it, it's it's sort of hard to to say i mean a lot of it is based around manipulation a lot of it is like quite literal sexual assault manuals um the the least egregious of it is just based around kind of developing confidence which is not necessarily objectionable but usually the way they develop confidence is just by um uh, uh harassing more and more women uh yeah Okay, so I mean, could you give us an idea, or do you have an idea of just what this demographic is? Like, who are these people, or is it like a unified sort of group of men? It's fairly hard to find uh, demographic data on these people. Uh, based on analyses of earlier men's rights movements, I'm I'm led to believe that they're mainly white, usually middle or working class men. Um, but this is this is information that's quite hard to find about this movement specifically. Is there uh, like a certain age range? I mean, if they're all on the internet, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. presumably maybe they're younger. I assume or most of them or something. skew. Yeah, I, mean, I, I assume most of them skew younger, but it's it's again kind of hard to say. I don't want to make any assumptions necessarily. Right. I if I had to, I would assume that they're quite young, but um, usually maybe between fifteen and thirty. Yeah. Uh, so another question. Uh, maybe this is dealing. Tell me if this is going out of your bubble, but like, uh, so you said that this is primarily done on Reddit. That's yep. a platform, and I know that Reddit also is like you know the platform for another of uh, uh, several like far right movements, like the Donald and the Donald. Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe there's a, a bunch of other men's rights activists. Uh, oh yeah, on there. Yep. Uh, is there something about Reddit that makes it especially attractive to the like extreme right? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I'm not entirely sure how I would answer that. And I, I think we have seen a sort of rightward shift in Reddit, although it always has kind of fancied the right libertarianist uh, perspectives. Although, I mean, I mean, right libertarianism is in a way a kind of oxymoron because libertarianism is traditionally um, a leftist thing. But um, yeah. Um, Kropotkin for life. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, I mean, I, I am not entirely certain what draws these sorts of folks to Reddit, especially because it, it was kind of seen as a, a for a while, a left-leaning, an American left-leaning website. That is a quite liberal website. Well, maybe, Yemen, yeah, you, you studied Reddit as well. Maybe you're, uh, oh, dear. 
I mean, in many, many ways, is this not just another um, sort of example of some of the other, you know, real life uh, events that have happened this year? Um, A sort of vast and perhaps horrible um, underestimation Mm. on the part of liberal, presumably elites, of... uh, people who don't agree with uh, what we're all doing out here on in the academy is that maybe perhaps something to do with it there's a lot of people who don't think like uh say university graduate students in the arts and humanities well i think you're right to to say that um (laughs) no but there's tons of us yeah um or the biologists too right or the biology. Although these do, these people do seem to like biotruths. They love uh, biotruths. Um, yeah, can you, can you go a little bit into that? That's my best segue ever. Yeah, biotruths. <laughs> um, I mean, pretty well everything they uh, believe. And it's very interesting because pretty, pretty well everything they believe, they will try to frame in an objectivist uh, uh, worldview. So everything they believe is objectively true in their perspective. And that includes... Uh, roles that men are are seen to occupy, roles that women are are meant to occupy. It also includes, for instance, I was talking about sexual market value, which is how they frame uh, uh, how attractive someone is. The the way they talk about romance and the way this group talks about uh, relationships and attractiveness literally takes the form of a capitalist market, of capitalist market principles. And it's kind of this bizarre objective... uh, uh, um, objectivist view of what attractiveness is it's, now, it's now sorry bizarre. do you mean objectivist as in like objectivity or object yeah objectivist in like the ayn rand sense uh, sorry I, I, as far as uh, objectivity goes okay yeah because that was something i wanted to talk is like i know that this is also um like I, in like a bigger thing this is also like a group that highly devalues the arts and humanities and even the non-economic social sciences mm-hmm. and so the kind of uh, obsession with using natural science uh, literature and you were saying stuff about evolutionary psychology and um bio biology and yeah um, yeah i mean most of it's entirely amateur most of it's just pure speculation on on the part of a bunch of random internet users but this kind of feeds into this uh um, discourse and they'll take they'll they usually will take uh what one another say at face value and I, i think what we see here is again uh in the way that i think the red pill is a means of trying to to develop a strong male identity in an otherwise absent in an absence of uh identity generally i think what we see here is a rallying against this kind of radical modernist doubt they want something to believe in and they want and they need something to believe in to to develop this powerful male identity and so what they choose to believe in is this kind of innate superiority of men which is of course then based in all this amateur evolutionary psychology so to kind of get you to step on like the wax philosophical a little bit what is this uh, red pill movement like? Taking them not so much as like a movement, but as like a symptom. What does it say about twenty first century masculinity? Well, I think what a lot of people write about is masculinity in crisis. There's, there's this idea of masculinity in crisis, or the crisis of masculinity, and this has existed for a long time. And this has been voiced. There have been a lot of different versions of the crisis of masculinity throughout history. Um, but I think we've seen growing literature on this from the seventies onward. And I think what it really suggests is that contemporary masculinity is something that is very tenuous and it's something that is in constant need of stoking either through uh, consumption or, or through some sort of affirmation by say in, in the red pill uh, uh, manner of consuming women, so to speak. I mean, and they, and they do in a, in a certain way consume women as, as objects or as images. Um, 
But yeah, I, I would say that what it says about masculinity is that it is quite tenuous and, and that masculinity is it's quite a um, it's something that can't really stand up to mo- radical modernist doubt. Masculinity is not a a um, concept that is solid enough to weather the storm of radical modernist doubt, just like pretty well every other concept or tradition that you can think of. Everything is subject to this radical doubt um, and to this kind of reflexive uh, appraisal of it. So, yeah. So you're saying there, there, there's no answers anymore. I mean, there, there's nothing. We can't know anything for certain, and we're just afloat and, um, you know, suffering in our own existential crises. How depressing. Uh, so while we're, we're kind of, like, circling the end here, uh, if somebody wanted to get in touch and, like, actually, like, find out about the work you're doing and, find and like, maybe, you know, follow you along as you progress as a researcher... Uh, is there anywhere online that someone can find you, like Twitter or something like that? Not the red pill, right? No, certainly not on the red pill. Yeah, no, just check my uh, my Reddit account. Um, not not really. I try to keep a low profile online for the most part. Um, yeah, best perhaps just to email me or uh, go through uh, uh, FIMS, the FIMS directory. All right, well, we really appreciate you staring off into the void like that. Yes, thank you so much, Dan. Uh, that has been quite, uh, let's just say, a scary experience having you here. Um, and thank you all for listening to GradCast. Um, we are the official radio show of the Society of Graduate Students, where every week we talk to a new graduate student and learn about what they do and what um, <clears throat> and their research. Um, you can catch us here every week, Tuesdays at 6 p.m. till 6.30. And if that timing doesn't work for you please check us out at gradcastradio.ca or any of your uh, podcast servers you have and uh, subscribe to our podcast we and we have many shows coming up they pop up a few months after we air them and they're all available for you to download and listen when you are available thanks so much for listening That's all we got for this week. If you like this episode, share it with someone. Check us all out on Twitter and Facebook. Both you can find through Gradcast Radio. You can go to our website to see more episodes at gradcastradio.ca. And if you want to come on the show and talk about your own research, great line for your CV, go to gradcastradio at gmail.com. The theme is Happy Boy by Kevin McLeod, and we will see you guys next time.